a little needful this morning. You didn't bring your payday? I'm going to leave that right there. Don't you, Garland, watch that. Don't let it get away. That's our favorite candy bar, Miss Keller. Lord bless this food that I'm eating. Hallelujah. Are y'all serious about this thing that we're doing called the gospel? Are y'all sold out? It's time to sell out. It's time, it's time to get your ducks in a row. It's time to focus. It's time to get online. Hallelujah. I don't know if you're like anyone else, but we've road tested the world. We've road tested this thing out there to see if it was good, to see if it'd work. I don't know about you, but it hadn't worked for me. The gospel works. He is yes and amen. His promises are alive, and he wants to be a demonstration in you. And he is serious. He is serious as he could be about what he has said to you and me. And I'm telling you, it's payday time. Hallelujah. It's going to take a bunch of funding to get us to the next level. It's taken quite a bit to get to this level. You'd think, dear Lord, we hadn't done anything yet. That's pretty true. But the Lord's launching some stuff in 2012. Just read it. It's everywhere. Well, that's a good candy bar. I think I might have another bite of that. Ginger's looking at it, so I may have to go down there and put a, build a fence around it. Father, we thank you today for your word that it is life, life, life. And we should not live by bread alone, but, but every word, every word, by every word that proceeds out of your mouth. Speak to us, Father. We are your children, and we must hear from heaven. We don't know what to do. Natural wisdom has failed us. This world experience has been hurtful, but Lord, you have made your word life and life abundant. So we open our hearts, we open our ears, and today, Lord, we expect to be changed. Right now, Lord, we say of ourselves, I'm easily persuaded to believe. My heart is open and I'm easily persuaded to believe. Thank you, Lord, for speaking to me today in Jesus' name. Everybody who agreed said amen. 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 There's a peanut on the floor. My, my, who is eating in the church? Turn in your Bible with me, hallelujah, to Galatians chapter 6. Can you do that this morning? Uh, Y'all going to have to wake up a little bit. Y'all going to have to get serious about this. I, we're just going to be here a little bit longer this morning. And this is the most, this is the most important hour of your week. Y'all say amen. amen. There, you, don't have, you don't have a better hour. You don't make that much. I'm looking out there. None of you make that much that you go, you know what, I make an hour. Yeah, well, you know about what you make an hour. You're you're either not tithing on it or, or you're putting it in a hole. Hallelujah. You, you, and you, this is the best and the most important hour of your week. Amen. Galatians chapter 6. We've been ministering on being at the right place at the right time. Did y'all know that Jesus was at the right place at the right time 2,000 years ago? Did y'all know everything had to line up, everything was prepared, that the prophets of old talked about him coming, and that he was born on a day that was prophesied? It didn't miss it a little, it wasn't just close or good enough. He was exactly on time according to the word of the Lord. God knew, 
and Jesus showed up. Now, how, how important do you think for you to be at the right place at the right time? I've been showing you now for five weeks how important it is, how essential it is, how necessary it is for you and I to be located at the right place and to be on time. One time I ministered in Hondo, Texas. I went to a church down there years ago, and we had an afternoon seminar on Saturday. It was 1 o'clock. So about 1.20, I turned to the pastor. You know, he hadn't started, and I said, Pastor, what, did I mess up here? Did I miss this? What time do we start? He said, oh, you know, this is south of San Antonio. He said, we're on Mexico time. I said, what is Mexico time? Because I'm from Texas, you know. He said, oh, you know, in Mexico, not even the television stations start on time. So he said, we're on Mexico time. We start when they get here. I thought to myself, this is a bad policy. Hallelujah. Because, you know, because <laughs> then they'll start thinking, well, they're not going to start till we get there. And we're not ready yet. We'll just, you know, and they, they just keep moving the time forward. Well, anyway, it's important for you and I to be at the right place at the right time. You have no idea. You have no idea without revelation, without him showing you what you've had to struggle with to get back where you could have been by simply being at a certain place at a particular time. You have no idea the, the suffering that's been attached to your life just to replace what could have been done automatically and done easily. Where provision and supply was, where protection was, and we weren't, weren't there. Hallelujah. It's payday, y'all. You need to... Slap yourself and say, doggone, it's payday, and it sure is good. Amen, Mr. Carlton. I'm, we're going to sell these things out. I had to go all over town to find a good fresh one. Hallelujah. Galatians 6. If you're visiting this morning, just pay no attention to that part. Hallelujah. It says in chapter 6 of Ephesians, of, of Galatians, excuse me, verse 7, that's where we are. It says, be not deceived, God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. For he that soweth to his flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. But he that soweth to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap life everlasting. So that's important. But then in verse 9, he ties this together to you and I. He said in verse 9, And let us not be weary in well-doing. Well, right there you know you could be weary in well-doing. Right, right there you know it's a temptation. You know, we said at the beginning of this year that this is the major, this is the, the necessary thing for us to master is to not faint. He said, do not be weary in well-doing, verse 9, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. The word there, I looked it up because I knew you'd be asking and I wanted to know. He said, do not be weary in well-doing. That just simply means don't be weary in abiding. Sometimes we get itchy. Sometimes we're like, let's get this thing going. We want some action. And especially now that we're in a video age and a commercial age. You know, if you'll watch a movie on TiVo, you'll discover that there's a commercial every six minutes. You know, you don't notice it when you get up and you know, go to the bathroom and get, get your glass of water. But if you ever have to... And so we are on a fast track in our life. So that makes us, when we leave the television or leave the whatever, we're out there expecting things to happen right there. So he said, that's not the way of the gospel. There's a timing in God, and we've got to wait on his timing. Don't be weary in well-doing or in abiding. And then he goes on and he says... Uh, for in due season, say due season. due season, 
The word in the Greek there is the word kairos, K-A-I-R-O-S. And the word literally means the right or proper time. It doesn't just mean, you know, what time is it? Well, it's 11 o'clock. No, it means the right or proper time. It literally means a time of opportunity. So there's something that God has impregnated in a time or a season that there's something in that time. It's just not a, a place on the clock. It's not just a, a, a season of the day that in a particular time, there, are, there is something there for you in that time. That it's, it's not just a concept, time, but it's literally a place that God has hid away for you and I. And there are things that are in that time that if you'll show up at that time, you can have. It's the, what the word calls in the Old Testament, E-T-H, an eth. It's an appointment. It's a divine happening. Say it with me. Divine happening. So to be at the right place at the right time means that you're there and the potential, the potential. In other words, what's available for, from God for you, if you miss your time, then you can't have what's in that time. You have to be available or open or able to receive what's in that time. You Christians, we're famous for just thinking, when I get ready, God will be ready, but that's not true. Remember um, Naaman, the Syrian in the Old Testament, and he was a leper. Remember this in 2 Kings chapter 5, and, and uh, he, he heard about from his uh, Hebrew uh, servant that there was a prophet in the land, so he called and, uh, and said, I'm going to go, and he walked up to the door and, uh, and, and said, you know, I want the prophet to come out and heal me. And the prophet didn't even come out. He sent his servant Gehazi out, and uh, he told him, he said, well, the man of God says for you to go down, didn't remember this? He said, go down to the Jordan River and dip seven times. And you remember what the, 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 the Syrian officer, Naaman, said? He said, I don't want to go to that place at this time. I want to wait and go to another river in my hometown that's nicer, a nice river. I'll just get from God what you have said on my terms. And then, you know, it's his servants said, Master, Master, you know, if he'd have said do something hard, would you have not done it? In other words, wake up. Go down there and get in the river, be at the right place at the right time. And you know the story. He went down, and he dipped seven times, and he was clean. Wow. You know, it's just not when you get ready. You can miss the timing, the kairos, the divine happening of God. You can miss it and have to either do without or circle around and come back again to get it. And, you know, what was in that time, what was in that season, what was in that opportunity to get you to the next place that God had something else for you? Well, now the timing's all off. Have you ever missed a flight because of some weather condition or mechanical condition? And you just go, well, I'll just get on my flight and the plane at the next place will be there. No, because you were 20 minutes late. That flight took off and you get there and you say, well, I'm on flight 21 here. And they go, flight 21's in the air. They're, they're going to Minneapolis. We're going to have to put you on something else. And you go, well, what about that? 
and it messes everything up. See, we miss that in Christianity. We miss it by not being at the right place at the right time. We miss our connection down the road. And we go, well, what's this about the Bible and the promises being hard? Why is my life uh, hard? Why is it not going like it could, could and should? A lot of times we're not at the what? Right place at the right time. So we miss our connection. And so we just have to either sit in the airport, sit in life, and we're not funded because we didn't get there where the money was. We didn't get there where the, the, the anointing was. We didn't get there and hear, hear the, the, the word of the Lord. We said, I don't feel like going to these special meetings. Ah, let's just stay home. You know, let's watch Gunsmoke on. They got some, you know, TV lands on tonight. Let's watch Barney Five or something. So we sit at home. And we miss the door, we miss the window, we miss the timing of the Lord. You go, what was so special about those meetings? Oh, I went and it wasn't all that great. But there was a word for you. We've, had, we've held marriage seminars. And you know who came? Everybody with good, tight marriages said, you know, we're going to tighten up here. We're going to sharpen up. We're going to polish this thing. You know who didn't come? The ones that couldn't come home because they were having a fight with their wife. <laughs> <laughs> the, the financial seminars, we had those, you know, meetings to help you get your money right. You know who, who came? People that were tithing and giving and believing. You know who didn't come? We couldn't afford to come. We didn't have gas to get to the meeting. You go, well, you, you know, you missed the opportunity. You missed the window. You missed the portal that God had. There was a set time and a set place for you to hear. It's not just being in church. You could be in the wrong church this morning. I need just a little help on that one right there. You could be in the wrong church this morning. Well, God doesn't care. Church is church. Well, you know, you're going to hear things that God has for you, that he's ordained for you to go to the next level, and God's not going to be able to go past certain ecclesiastical things in certain churches and certain things that, that the pastor believes to get you what you need if you're sitting in that congregation saying, Lord, now pay attention. I'm, I showed up today in church. It's not attendance, y'all. It's being at the right place at the right time. And a lot of times your flesh doesn't want it. Your mind is going, I don't like those people. I don't like their music. I don't like their parking lot. I don't like their this, that, and the other. I'm not going there. I want to go where the windows are stained, and I want to go where the steeples are high, and I want to go where the organ is. And you know, okay, but you're not going to hear or get a hold of what you need to get you to the next level. Sometimes, you know, Brother Hagen talked about just having an old brush arbor where you didn't have the finest and the greatest. You just went out in the bushes, but you got in revival, and you got in a river, and it changed your life. And that's more important if you understand the scheme of how God works. But people think, well, if God wants me to have it, he'll just get it to me. That is not so. God has a place, and he has a time, and he by the Holy Ghost and by His Word, will tell you how to be there to get the next clue or the next information to go to the next level. You can't handle it all. Amen. He can't just download it all to you in one afternoon and say, here's my whole plan. Because your mind can only handle so much. Faith is progressive. Revelation is progressive. He's got to get you a little bit at a time. Amen. Are y'all here? So you hadn't seen God's whole plan for you. You think, well, I'm getting enough here to do what I'm doing now. Well, sure, at this level, but this isn't the level that you're supposed to stay at. God's got a level that's, good, that's out there. Well, why doesn't he tell me? He's trying, but he's got to get you to a place where you can actually hear it. You may have to listen to a CD. You may have to turn on a, a television program. You may have to read a book. 
Oh, how many books have I bought? And, went, and I got into them and looked at them and said, you know, I can't get into this book. Start a CD set, you know, a series. You go, this isn't it. But then a year later, down the road, you go, God, what are you saying? I know it's something. And you pull that book off and open it up, and there it is. It starts speaking to you. It starts giving you the answers to the questions you're asking. It starts putting you there. Well, you bought that book. You bought that CD set. You were in that meeting, and it put you at the right place at the right time. This stuff is much more ordered and orchestrated than, than anyone realizes. God is not chaotic. He is not haphazard. He's not always a, uh, a, a wedding planner that's trying to tie up loose ends. From his side, it is methodical. It is planned out. It is precise. So all he's doing is trying to get us to be at the right place at the right time to get the instruction for that moment, for that hour, so that we will be supplied and that we'll, we, we will be uh, uh, equipped to be at the next place. Amen. And life is progressive. Isn't Jesus wonderful? Yes. Isn't he wonderful? Well, if you don't get born again till you're 30, you're behind. Amen. We didn't get the Holy Ghost till 1980. Well, I was, what, how old was I? I was 26. Now, I, you know, that's, you're behind. Thank God at 26. Thank God. But, you know, I was behind. The Lord, the only thing that he, he told me then, he says, I'm going to catch you up. Because I was chapped. I was not happy. You know, I, I was like, God, all these Pentecostal boys, they've been going and blowing. Hold that. It, it does sorely tempt me. Hallelujah. <laughs> It is payday, y'all, because now we know enough to know enough. <laughs> That's not communion, y'all. <laughs> listen to this. Listen to this. I'm, I'm making my point here, and you've got to get this. Listen, we're not here for details. We're here to get you where you will wake up to a new realm. You know the word repent simply means to change your mind. It's not when you've done a bad thing that you've got to repent. It's sometimes when you're just doing a normal thing, you've got to repent. You've got to change your mind. And that's my job, is to help you. Not to see what I see, not to see what I know, but to get open so that he can show you what you must know in order to go to the next place in your life. Listen, I don't know how many people that he asked to do what you're doing before he got to you. But somebody said no before you said yes. Amen. Don't be puffed up to think, man, I'm the greatest. He, he, he was looking for me. No, he wasn't looking for you, but you just, you were the first one that were easily persuaded to believe that would say yes. <laughs> He's got a plan for Tuscaloosa County, y'all. He's got a plan for Alabama. Read it. It's in the news. Right? We've, got a, we've got a paper back there that talks about what God has said about Alabama. Well, there's a lot of things that have got to come together from where it is right now to where it would be then. And so he's trying to get you at the right place at the right time. L listen to this in Ecclesiastes chapter 3. In, in the Living Bible, we looked at this. It says, there is a right time for everything. Say it with me. There is a right time for everything. In the message version, it says, there's an opportune time to do things, a right time for everything on earth. Now, that's the Bible, y'all. That's what the Word of God says, that there's a right time to do everything on earth. 
So you can't just decide arbitrarily. I believe I'll do thus and such today and go with so-and-so and be with so-and-so. The Bible talks about if the Lord wills, and he wants to direct our steps. He wants us to be with the right people at the right time at the right place. He wants to have input. That's why we got to pray. I, I read this week with Brother Hagan. I, I heard him say, he said, every failure is a prayer failure. What's, the, what's one of the things that you get in prayer? You get unction. You get direction. You get led in prayer where he says, go here, or he says, stop here, or he says, be still here, or he says, jump up there. Prayer will start telling you to be where you need to be at what time. Whereas the mind is clueless. The mind has got five senses feeding into it saying, I think I ought to do this and I think I ought to do that. And I'm fearful here and I'm afraid there. I believe I'll jump here and, and adjust there. And it'll always put you at the wrong place at the wrong time. Y'all say amen. Now, isn't that the truth? But prayer, when you get into prayer, God will start talking to you because he's got an agenda for your life. It's not just to get you to heaven. Well, thank God I got them saved. Well, we're just going to let them go and move on. You know, got them saved. That's all we need. Get them saved. Get them saved. Get them saved. And then we're going to move on. No, he's got a plan for your life. Somebody followed a plan in order to intersect your life to get you born again. Somebody got an unction from God to pray for you years ago. Somebody stood in the gap for you to get the Holy Ghost. Somebody laid hands on you one time by his power and his unction, his leading, to get you healed. Someone pulled a $100 bill out of their money and was led by God to be in your life so that you could be at the right place at the right time. This thing is not independent. It's all woven together, and God's got a great plan for your life. Will you let him have his way? Will you say yes to him? Will you say, Lord, direct me, use me? Prayer's not just for the nations. Oh, God, we're praying for the Afghans and for the Chinese, and thank God. And, Lord, we're praying for the sick, thank God. But part of it is when you go into that environment of prayer, that anointing, that, that uh, atmosphere, then you're privy to the things in that atmosphere. He starts, everything God knows is in the atmosphere of faith. The anointing has everything God knows. So when you go in prayer, in faith, saying, Lord, I'm here, to, I'm expecting. Now, I'm not here going, dear God, I got to come to prayer. I got to go, you know, I got to read the Bible. That's not, you're missing it. It's not unto him, it's unto you. God, I need to download some stuff. I'm at the end of my knowledge. I'm at the end of the map. I'm at the end of my, my directions. What's next? And I'm not going to do anything till I hear from you. Wouldn't that be a new move for a Christian? Well, what are you doing, Jack? Well, I'm shut down right now because I'm not touching this thing until I hear from heaven. I'm not stepping off of this cliff until I know I can fly. Well, you know, Christians are just so thankful they're saved. I'm glad I'm saved. But I'm saved to what? Just to get out of the earth? No, I'm saved to be a blessing in this earth. And then in the blessing, I'll be blessed. I got so much here. Oh, my Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. In verse 17, in the, in the same Ecclesiastes, it says, There is a time for every purpose and for every work. And that's what the Bible says. Now, you can argue with that. You can fuss with that. You can say, I don't think so. But that is what the Bible says. I'll read it again to you. It says, There is a time for every purpose and for every work. So here it is. You can do more. Listen, you can do more supernaturally. By becoming naturally supernatural 
Listen, you can do more supernaturally by becoming naturally supernatural. In other words, that's who I am. I am supernatural versus I am natural trying to do something supernatural. I am a supernatural creature. Are you? I know I'm in this body. I know I've got a soul, and that speaks. But really, the real me, the part that's going to heaven, the part that's, that's on the God realm of life, it's a supernatural inside man. The part that got saved is not of this world, even though we're in it. So we ought to operate from the inward man versus the outward man. Well, I got to be at the right place at the right time. And, and the supernatural man knows things. Say, I know stuff. Come on, let's say it. I know stuff. You do. You know stuff. A lot of you say, I don't know what to do. You do down here. It's already down here. This part down here has fellowship with God. You'll read Romans chapter 8. It talks about you. You down here are in fellowship with him. Now, the head doesn't know, but when you get off with him and start reading his word and it starts rising up and you start getting this unction, this plan, this, this uh, we call it a feeling, but really you start getting aroused inside. I'm inspired. I, I see things. I'm hearing things. I, 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 something's, something's coming up that's not natural. It looks hard, but boy, I, I just feel like God is leading me to do something that's not in my normal pattern and routine. That's God saying, it ain't going to happen where you are. I know I led you to where you are, but I led you where you are so that you could get the next clue. You know, like, like, um, you know, like a, a sleuth or a, uh, a detective. He goes and gets one clue, and that opens up some more clues, and he goes and runs those clues until finally they catch the, the, the bad guy. Or, you know, well, that's what God's doing. He cannot give it to you all at once. And a lot of the stuff he hides in people. He wants you to have a relationship. You cannot just say, I'm not going to church. I can do my doing at home. I can do my doing on TV. I can pray at home. I can read. Sure you can. But some of the mysteries that you need to get you where you're supposed to be are hid in people. And through relationship, through, through the, the assembling of ourselves together, we hear things that challenge our thinking. You ever been with somebody that's, that's been off by themselves a long time, especially single people that, are, that, that just get off by themselves and they only have their own counsel? They think different. They think different they, because they start developing thinking processes and they don't have anybody to challenge that. Like a husband and wife, she'll tell you, what are you thinking? Get that out of you. Quit. <laughs> we are not going there. Oh, yeah, yeah, right, right, yeah. And so we have that balance. Well, when we come into church, when we come into the assembly, we are challenged. I'm challenging you this morning. What, what the, I am challenging you right now to move. I don't know how I'm challenging you, but I'm challenging you. By you being here this morning, you have a greater potential than someone that's just now waking up. You go, well, they're thinking, I'll go to church at 2 o'clock. You're at the wrong place at the wrong time. Maybe the right place, but the wrong time. We will not be here at 2 o'clock. Say amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Listen to this. Uh, you remember Esther? Y'all remember the book of Esther? And Mordecai started talking to her. She's, she is struggling with, with moving out of her comfort zone. She's the queen, and, the, and her people are being uh, persecuted, and there's a great plot against them. And Mordecai, her uncle, uh, it's in uh, Esther 4, says, 
He says, for if thou altogether holdest thy peace at this time, then shall their, their enlargement and deliverance arise to the Jews from another place. But thou and thy father's house shall be destroyed. And who knowest, knoweth whether thou art come to the kingdom for such a time as this, for such an eth, a divine happening as this? How many times, and you don't even know them all, have you been sent by God to move through somebody's life and to say or do something that seemed insignificant to you, didn't seem important to you, but it changed their life? You go, I don't know about that. Well, then put it on the other side. How many times has somebody moved through your life and God used them to challenge a wrong move or a bad decision or a, a, a thing that was not him, and you just like, oh, that's nice, and you didn't make any big deal about it, but it saved you. Yeah. It challenged you and saved you to, to go another way, and that was God. Raised you up for such a time as this. You've been used and God is using people in your life. We must be at the right place at the right time. We must. We must. Frivolous living. Just, you know, whatever. I'm an American. This is a democracy. I can do anything I want to. All that's true till you said I'm a Christian. And then all of a sudden, Jesus is Lord. Well, if he's not your Lord, do anything you want. But only the insurance and the, and the welfare system will save you from the other end of it. These promises are for those that say, Jesus is Lord. I'm at the right place at the right time. Listen to this. There's a war going on between your soul, your emotions, your experiences, your memories, your, uh, your fears, all the things. There's a war on, inside of us. Just wanting to be in a comfort zone, not wanting to risk our life. And that's at war against hourly obedience, the strategy of hourly obedience, where God is constantly sending you a command down and saying, do this, move here, give that, say this, don't say that. A lot of it's in the Word. You just go, he doesn't talk to me. Well, if you'll read this, he'll tell you don't to gossip, don't coarse jest, don't, you know, silly women, you know, stay at home and, and leave your neighbor alone. He tells us a lot of stuff that'll keep us out of trouble. And if you'll start doing this, he'll say, forsake not the assembling of yourselves together. You go, God doesn't ever talk to me. He's talking right there. And then, but people don't think that that's important. See, God doesn't come as a flash of light. He doesn't come as a lightning storm. He doesn't come with scratching on the wall. He comes as the still, small voice, and he comes by the written word. Are you all here this morning? Don't say, oh, God doesn't talk to me. If you'll open this up, he'll talk to you every time, if you'll put your eyes on this ink. And then if you'll stop your life, your busy life, and just let him move up inside of you, he will tell you the truth. These scriptures, listen to this. In Numbers 23, it says, God is not a man that he should lie, neither the son of man that he should repent. And shall he not do it? Or hath he spoken? And shall he not make it good? God has a plan, and he wants to do it in your life. Say right now. I'm telling you, he is on it. He is on it. It is his plan, and your, your life is going to be important to somebody else's life. And if you'll activate it, God can activate somebody else to come into your life. If you'll do for someone what they cannot do, 
then God will raise up someone to do for you what you cannot do. God, I need help. That millionaire over there, you know what? He's just frittering away on parking uh, uh, down downtown would just save my life. Well, if you'll go and do something for somebody that you can help them at your level, God will raise up somebody to come into your life that'll cause promotion to come to you. That's how he works. Oh, I'm just waiting for a miracle. It's called people. It's called right place, right time. Listen to this in Jeremiah 1.12. It says, Then the, said the Lord unto me, Thou hast seen well, for I will hasten over my word to perform it. God is on his word. It says in Ezekiel 12, it says, I am the Lord, I will speak. And the word I shall speak shall come to pass. It shall no more be prolonged, for in your days, O rebellious house, will I say the word and will perform it, saith the Lord. Verse 28, the word which I have spoken shall be done, saith the Lord God. His word is what he's doing. You can be at the right place at the right time. This is in Romans. It says, God forbid, yea, let God be true, but every man a liar. He's the truth. People are saying, you know, I don't know. Listen, you got to be bold. And the way you're going to be bold is by believing his word, by being easily persuaded to believe. Say, so I can do that. See, you may not can be a millionaire you, this weekend. You may not can, can go to Africa, and, 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 but you can be easily persuaded to believe. You can do that. It's your part. And once you say, Lord, I am going to believe what you tell me, then he'll start talking. He'll start directing. He'll start saying, okay, now that you say you're going to be, let me be your Lord and you're going to submit to me, go here and do this and go there and do that. That's what he'll say. He'll start using you when you start saying, I want to be used. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The word will put you in the right place at the right time. We've got one scripture here, and I want you to listen to this. Just listen to Psalm 16. Listen to this word. This is what our faith, this is our, going to be our faith confession today. Psalm 16 says, The Lord is the portion of mine inheritance and of my cup. Thou maintainest my lot. Here it is. The lines are fallen to me in pleasant places, Yea, I have a godly heritage. The lines are fallen to me in pleasant places. Yea, I have a godly, a goodly heritage. Let's say it together. The lines are fallen unto me in pleasant places. Yea, I have a goodly heritage. Let's say it again. The lines are fallen unto me in pleasant places. Yea, I have a goodly heritage. You just have to decide this morning, family, I'm going to be at the right place at the right time. That means you may not get to go to every ball game. Well, we always go to the ball games, and we always go fishing, and we always go to the mall, and we always eat here. God's not trying to cut you out of anything, but it may be that what was is not going to be. He may want to upgrade your life. How many of y'all think he does? Yes. Well, Lord, just send the blessings. He is. His instructions are in his word, in prayer. You don't pray, you don't know much. You're fumbling around. You're just hoping you'll knock into something that'll help you. 
You're just hoping that when you fall into a trap that you can somehow wind your way back and borrow this and, and get a, a pill for that. You're just hoping that it won't fall apart. May I speak boldly to you this morning? There's only one way, and it's to be led by God. To be at the place of provision and supply and protection is to be at the right place. To be hooked up with ungodly people, what Psalm 1 calls scoffers, you're at the wrong place. You're not going to be the tree that's planted by the rivers of living water that bring forth its fruit in its seasons, whose leaf also shall not wither. You're not going to be the one that whatsoever you doeth shall prosper because you're out of place. You're out of timing. I submit to you that if you'll let God put you at the right place at the right time, you won't have a lesser life. You'll have a better life. You're living an inferior life having your way. You can have a superior life living it his way. Thank you for being in this place this morning. It is superior. You have been provoked unto love and good works. You have been provoked to let God in in a better way. You have, you have been, the Lord, the word has scraped off some rebellion and some self-centeredness and some me. All of us scraped it off and just said, hey, big boy, you're not so big as you thought. We better back up and let God have his way. Let him talk to us. I can't do it without prayer. I can't do it without the saints. I can't do it without giving. <laughs> I got to have it from him. There is no life. People are afraid. Even in America, we, we have not been attacked since Pearl Harbor. I think that's right. Except for 9-11. That's right, an internal thing. But we haven't been invaded since, nine, since uh, Pearl Harbor. And yet this nation, every other nation's been invaded. I mean, they're all been run over. It's just a matter of, of daily stuff. And yet Americans are as afraid or more afraid than any people. It's because we have God and we don't access him. Let's bow our heads this morning and let's just get this straightened out. Now, I don't know what to tell you to do because I don't know where you are and I'm not here with an agenda to make you do anything. But I do know and I believe you know that God's way is the best way and that you can have a better life by stopping your life and yielding to his life. So right now, Lord, we open our hearts. We stop our busy lives. We tell our busy minds, slow down and listen. We arrest our plans, our agendas, our dreams. We arrest them, and we bring them all under the scrutiny, under the inspection of God's great plan for our life. We say what the Word says, I am bought with a price. I am not my own. I'm bought with a price. I am not my own. I was bought out from sin. The devil owned me. Sin dominated me. And I was delivered by the blood of Jesus. So today, Lord, I, I put down rebellion. I put down my grand plans. I put down my, my things. And I submit myself fresh and anew to you. So let's just say it out of our own mouth, under your own breath. Let's just start. You just tell God what's in your heart. And you make a vow to him. I mean, in the sense of, Lord, I'm committing myself. I'm going to commit myself to pray. I'm going to commit myself to hear. I'm going to commit myself to walk in faith, Lord. I'm going to change how I've been living in 11 
and I'm not going to take it into 12. Tell him, I'm not taking this mess. I'm not taking this sickness. I'm not taking this lack. I'm not taking this strife into 12. I'm not taking it into the new year. I'm stopping it now in Jesus' name. Jesus, be Lord of my life. Lord, let me live the better life in 12. Oh, I praise you, Lord. I thank you. Thank you. You have a better plan for me. I thank you, Lord. I'm at the right place at the right time. Amen. Amen. Now we're going to read this again together. We're going to, we're going to read this. It says, the, say it with me. The lines are fallen unto me in pleasant places. Yea, I have a goodly heritage. That is Psalm 16. <laughs> Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Now one thing that he wants to do is he wants to heal us. We should have a expectation here at this church that none of us leave ever with trouble in our bodies. We've come to find God, we've heard his word, and we're not leaving with trouble in our bodies. Hallelujah. 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 Whoo, praise the Lord. Are you going to be at the right place at the right time? Remember Naaman. He resisted for a minute. So don't resist right now. Hallelujah. Let's stand up this morning. Let's stand up for a moment. Let's stand up. Hallelujah. Yes, Lord. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Now I want you to know that there's been something sent against your body, whether it's a headache, whether it's like a gastro thing. A digestion thing, whether it's a muscle thing, an arthritis thing, whatever, it's been sent to keep you from being at the right place at the right time. So right now we're going to arrest it. We're going to take. We're going to take authority over it. Are you here this morning? Anybody here been been hindered? Been hindered in your body? Been hindered? Hallelujah! Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. So we're going to lift our hands before him. Hallelujah. We're going to thank him. Lord, thank you for healing me by the stripes of Jesus. Thank you, Lord, right now. I take, I take the will of God in my body. I, I'm not falling for that lie that says you don't heal everybody. Lord, no, right now, Lord, I change. I repent. I turn my mind around, and I take hold in Jesus' name. Oh, glory to God, I am the healed. The lines have fallen to me in pleasant places in my body. Yea, I have a goodly heritage. Oh, Lord, I thank you for a goodly heritage in my body. In Jesus' name, praise you, Lord. I'm receiving, I'm taking, I'm laying hold of healing in my body right now. Hallelujah. Now, if you have something that's in your body right now that's got pain in it right now, I want you just to raise your hand. Raise your hand if you've got pain in your body. Here's one. Here's one. Here's one. Okay. Now, uh, I want somebody that's in that area. I want you to go over there. We're going to pray a prayer for them. But I, and I'm going to pray it, but you're going to lay your hands on them. So hold your hand up. Here's one here. Here's one there. There's one back there on the back. Come on, y'all. Let's move. 
Let's move. Go back there and lay your hands. Now, you have power. You have anointing in your hands. God's not going to come down from heaven. He's going to release that power this morning. Say this morning. Say right now. There is power. There is healing power in your hands. In the name of Jesus, we release the ability of heaven into our bodies. We take authority over trouble over the thing that's causing pain, and we arrest it now in the name of Jesus. We say, pain be gone. The cause and the root of the pain be gone. Be healed and be made whole now in Jesus' name. Loose them and let them go. Now release your faith into them right now. Now release your faith to receive right now that today is your day of deliverance in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Now, if you're being prayed for, I want you to say, I've got it. Come on, let's all say it together. I got it. Hallelujah. I got it. Now, is there anybody here that's not in pain and you have a condition, you have a something that's going on and you need prayer? Who are you? Right here. You're just like, I'm not in pain, but I know what's going on. Okay, right there. Do you see these hands? Amen. We're going we're gonna to take care of this right now, right now. Come on, that we've preached the word, faith is in this house, right there. Praise God in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Y'all don't be nervous. Let's release this now. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus, we speak to this condition. We speak to this symptom. We speak to this prognosis. We reverse you now in the name of Jesus. We turn you around by the authority of God's word. By his stripes, you were healed. Be healed now and be made whole in Jesus' name. Now say, I take it. I receive it. I have it. It's mine. I, I know it. It's mine. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. I just wanted to say if, if we laid hands on you that something went in you, the healing anointing. That's it. Hallelujah. Just hold fast to it. Give the healing anointing time to work. Hallelujah. Praise God. Not every healing is instant. Hallelujah. But the healing anointing will just, if you'll keep the, you know, Brother Hagin, you say, keep the switch of faith turned on. Hallelujah. And just let that anointing continue to work. And, and you know, hallelujah. Keith Moore, you sing a song. It's working. It's working. What's, what's the next line? The power of God is working. It's working. It's working. The power of God is working. I don't know if that's the right words. Anyway, sing it any way you want to sing it. Be creative, but hallelujah, it's working in your it body. Is. It's working in my body. Hallelujah. hallelujah. It's working. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We got to stay in faith. Hallelujah. Stay built up. Hallelujah. Stay in expecting. Hallelujah. Payday. It's payday. It's payday. Hallelujah. Praise God. And you know, that payday's not just financial. You know, some of you, this really, the Lord said this to me at six, and I forgot it. He said, uh, uh, there's 
there's people that have been believing to see for so long. And tell them payday's here. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Say, if, you know, the Bible says if you believe, you'll see the glory of God. Amen. Keep on believing. Amen. Keep on believing. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. You may be seated. Praise God. I wanted to remind y'all uh, that in November, we talked to you about uh, we wanted to finish Word of Life Church, wanted to finish this year financially strong. You know, we had someone come, sent us a check for $30,000 this summer and paid off all of our little, little payoff things and all our accounts and everything, and we got completely, hallelujah, free. And, you know, there's been a great, uh, I, I don't know how great it was, but there's been a, a, uh, a backlash to try to make us go back into that. And so um, we, we talked about $5,000 in the last of October, I believe it was. And uh, I think about $1,700 of that came in. But you remember in Luke chapter 5, y'all remember where the Bible says in verse 17 that where Jesus went into a place and, uh, and it says the Pharisees and the doctors of the law were there and the power of the Lord was there to heal them? Y'all remember that? The power of the Lord was there to heal them. But you know what? They weren't ready because only one person got healed. Do you remember who got healed? It was a man with four crazy friends that let him down through the roof, couldn't even get in the house. They were so there to, to you know, they weren't ready. They hadn't, they hadn't prepared themselves. It's not just that the healing anointing comes. It's not just that the power of God comes. You have to prepare yourself to receive it. You know, if they put a new fan, a fan belt on your car, they don't just open the hood and just put it on. Sometimes they've got to take off the fan and take off the water pump or move the alternator. They got to do something to get that new part in there. And just because you got a new fan belt for healing or whatever or prosperity, a lot of times to make it fit, you got to adjust things and take things off and put them back on. And so this man was let down, and he was ready. He, you know, it's like, how ready was he? Couldn't get in the front door. He didn't go to the house and say, well, I guess it's not God's will to heal me. He just found him another way. So, um, you know, you do what you want to, but we're going to give opportunity today. You're here. It's up to you. But we're receiving our financial needs not just close enough, not just whatever. We're, we're receiving them as done this year at this church. Can you all get in agreement with me? Don't you think that's be, that'd be better? And, and here's the principle. The Lord always wants to go to those first that are in the house. Sometimes there's not enough there or whatever. And, he, but, and so we're looking to him. We're not looking to anybody but it's not right to go to others before we've first gone to the house. Because I don't know what y'all are doing, don't know what you have, don't know what you want to do, but I know I have believed I received this church financially strong going into 2012. And there's a great, you know, he wants us to go in strapped, the devil, I mean, go in like, uh, okay, this, that, and the other. We're just, we're just resisting him at every step. So I've got a seed this morning, and I wanted to sow my seed under the anointing of, uh, of, of this. So I'm just going to, ushers, would you give everybody an envelope? Just, just give everybody an envelope, and that way you'll have it, and you can do with it what you want, when you want to. But we've believed we received that amount. What would that be? 
3,300. Yeah. We, we received about 1,700 on that 5,000, and so we are just, you go, well, what, are, what is it? It's just the bills. It's just the bills. And so we, we have no other way to go after it, to, to look to it, so, except the Lord. So you just, if you're here and you go, what's this all about? Pay no attention to that. You just obey God. Be at the right place at the right time with your money. Now, listen, I, I, I told the story Wednesday about us having a $2,000 uh, 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 amount in our building fund in our church in Texas and how the Lord told us, I mean, he gave us opportunity to sow $1,000 to Oral Roberts, who was doing medical missions in Africa, and $1,000 to Willie George, who was doing children's ministry. We sowed that $2,000, asked the church, do y'all want to sow it? And it was a seed. Because, you know, $2,000 in a building fund ain't much punk. <laughs> it wasn't going to do much. You just can't, you can't even get the legal work done. So we sowed it, and bef- how long was it? It was just, it was about six months. A property came up, and they came to us, and said, if you'll just pay off the bank $33,000, we will sell you this property. It was on 22 acres. It was a building almost exactly this big, the original size of this. It was worth around $240,000 or $50,000. We paid off the mortgage of $32,000. We got a hundredfold return on our $2,000 seed. From $2,000 seed to a $200,000 property, $240,000, clear and free. I believe in the hundredfold. And I wanted to put my seed in under this canopy of faith before the end of the year because I have a big expectation for next year. Do you all have a big expectation? It's got to be different than this year. And for it to be different than this year, we have to change the atmosphere And so there's a seed going to have to change the atmosphere. Only the seed will change the atmosphere. Isn't it amazing what a seed will do? A corn seed in the ground will take that phosphorus and potassium and calcium, things that you cannot eat, things that would kill you if you ate them, dirt, and it will somehow affect that dirt in such a way that it will supply food for a man. But where did all that food come from? It came from the dirt. The seed changed what could not be used into something that could be used. And that's what your seed will do this morning. It'll affect some areas that are not open to you, and it will change them to be open to you where you can use them. So this seed has the power to change the elements around you. You won't necessarily have to move or get a new job. It'll change what's going on where you are. This seed will do it. Will you, will you sow with me this morning? Hallelujah. Father, we thank you this morning for this seed. Lord, <laughs> some of us are having to look for the seed and figure out the seed, but Lord, it's the seed at the right place at the right time. We release this seed now in Jesus' name, thanking you for increase in our lives, thanking you, Lord, for all sufficiency in all things, abounding to every good work to the end of this year and in, new, in 2012, in Jesus' name, amen. 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 Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Nothing's going to be the same this time next year. And it's not going to just happen in one day. So there's going to be a progressive change. Hallelujah. In your life. Hallelujah.
Did you give her my payday or was that your payday bar? <laughs> we shared. Y'all would think they're taking communion up here and lift y'all out, but it's... <laughs> what does that commercial say? Get your own, you know, go get your own payday bar. We don't, we don't, we're not really trying to get you to eat candy in church. Hallelujah. But if it's a payday bar, it'll probably pass. Hallelujah. Let's stand up and be dismissed. Hallelujah. Say, my church is growing. My church is glowing. My church is sowing. My church is flowing. Hallelujah. Tell somebody, we're flowing. God bless you.